0: It's good to be back on a Sunday night. Amen. Glad to see you here. And uh, we had a good service this morning and, uh, and a baptism, and we praise the Lord for that and be praying for Jacob as he grows in the Lord. And so take your Bibles, if you would, tonight, and let's open them to the book of Luke. The New Testament, once again, Luke chapter 10. And we'll be continuing to pray for the Mickle family. Uh, you know... We have to praise the Lord for a family that's been faithful and served the Lord well. And, uh, you know, we certainly understand the circumstances that would bring them home like that and want to be a blessing and help to them if we can. And so pray for them in the days ahead and the transition that they'll make. We certainly uh, want to help them through that and uh, and be their friend during this time. Amen. That's important. Luke chapter 10, and we're going to read beginning in verse 25 uh, down through... Not the rest of the chapter, but a good portion of it. So stand with us if you found your place for the reading of God's word. We'll have prayer and begin reading in Luke 10 and verse 25. So let's pray together. Father, how we do love you tonight. We thank you for your word. We just ask you as we come to this portion of our service, Lord, we ask that you'd bless the reading of your word. We pray that you'll use it to stir our hearts. And Lord, to keep our hearts and minds in tune with the way you'd have us to serve. And so we pray you'd speak to us, each one, take the message, Lord, and make it personal in our lives. Dear Holy Spirit, we just ask you to be our guide, be our teacher tonight, instruct us in the way you'd have us go. Show us what you'd have us do now, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Luke chapter 10, verse 25, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempting him, saying, Master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do and thou shalt live. But he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, and here is a familiar story that Jesus has given us in the scriptures. I wanted us to get all the context of that. He said, a certain rich man, or excuse me, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these, thinkest thou, was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go, and do thou likewise. I want us to go back at verse 33, and Jesus introduces the Good Samaritan. It says, "But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him." And so tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to the man who made a difference, the man who made a difference. Thank you, you may be seated. What a great story Jesus told. It illustrates so well, doesn't it, our responsibility, at least the way the Lord would have us work and serve in this life. This lawyer stood up asking the Lord Jesus questions in an attempt to trick him, to trip him up in his words, or maybe get him to say something that they could use against him. (laughs) But when it was all said and done, it was the lawyer who, who looked in the wrong. It was him who had been shown up, with these words that were spoken. He was trying to justify himself before God, and the Bible is very clear about that. All of us fall short in our human effort, and we cannot earn eternal life on any merit of our own. We have to come in simple faith and trust the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary for our salvation. Jesus used this story to help the lawyer, see the pride of his own heart and the sinfulness of his ways. Just like he does using the Old Testament law as our schoolmaster, the Bible says, to bring us to Christ. The word of the law shows us that we can't do it. We can't measure up. We couldn't make it on our own. And because of that, we need a Savior. Jesus is our Savior. And we thank the Lord for his great work that he does in our lives to bring us to a place of repentance like we talked about this morning so that we would know our need of Jesus and his salvation and come to him. Well, here's the man that Jesus talked about, this Samaritan. Hey, did you notice at the end of the story that this lawyer, filled with pride, couldn't even say the Samaritan? He said, the one who showed mercy. That shows us how much pride the Jews had in their heart against the Samaritans. You know, God hates prejudice and pride and all of those things. Those are sins of the heart that we certainly need to work on, and he did. In this story tonight, I just want to show how the Lord illustrated so well the way you and I can serve the Lord in this life, in our world, in this day, and we can make a difference. The Samaritan was that one. First of all, I want you to see tonight that he was a commissioned man. He was a man, the Bible says, who was on a journey. The Bible says in verse 33, but a certain Samaritan as he journeyed. Now, the Lord Jesus is contrasting the good Samaritan. He's contrasting him from the priest and Levite who came that way. Look what the Bible says. Go up a few verses. And it says there in verse 31, it says, By chance there came down a certain priest that way. By chance Well, I don't know what brought the priest along that way. The Bible says by chance he happened along. But that's not what it says about the Samaritan. It says about him that he was journeying. He was on a mission. He was on his way to do something. He had something in mind. He was trying to get somewhere. And uh, I like that about the Samaritan for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think it's good to have a mission in life. I think it's good to have a purpose. It's good to have a direction. And, and something to do next, it's good to have goals that are set. It's something that you're reaching for rather than just floating through life, rather than just taking from one day to the next. Brother Junior, I'm not talking about retirement, amen? I'm talking about, I'm talking about young people maybe that, that don't have any direction and, and don't seem to be looking for any. You know, we live in a time when this kind of thing is, is prevalent. I, I don't understand that. What do they call it, sofa surfing? I don't understand how people can, can find fulfillment, be happy in life, surfing surf, doing that. <laughs> How does that work? Hey, it just doesn't in my book. It doesn't. Uh, I like the fact that the Samaritan was a worker, that he was uh, on a journey, that, that he had a plan and a mission, uh, and he was trying to get something done. You know, somebody said something one time, if you, if you want to get something done in your church, find the busiest person and give it the job to them, and it'll get done. Isn't that something? Why is that? Why is that? Some people are dedicated and faithful and committed enough that you, you know that, that you can give something to them and it'll get done. Well, hey, you know, all of us ought to be the kind of person that could make that kind of uh, commitment, be responsible and, and maybe trusted enough to finish a job. Here, the Lord Jesus is telling us about this uh, commissioned man, the Samaritan, the one who had something to do. Hey, I want to ask you tonight what's your mission? What's your purpose? You know, the Bible talks about uh, proving. I I quoted that verse this morning, Romans 12, 1 and 2. We're talking about surrendering to the Lord and demonstrating his will in your life. What is his will? Do you know what it is? Are you seeking after it? Are you making your attempt uh, to find the, the will of God in your life? You know, every Christian ought to be busy about that. That ought to be our prime time goal, to find the will of God, to do the will of God and do what he wants. The Samaritan was focused. He was energetic about his mission. The Bible says he came as he journeyed. Uh, He was on purpose going that way. Next, it says about him that he was not just a commissioned man, but I want you to see in the next two verses, 33 and 34, it says he was a compassionate man. I like that as well. It says when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. It says he set him on his own beast. You might underline that, and I wrote above that verse in my Bible, a personal touch. Hey, I love the technology that we have in our day. I like email, and I like websites, and I like all of this kind of stuff, you know, and digital. Hey, we could have digital tracks, and there's all kind of stuff you can do with this technology that we have today. I love it. I think the Apostle Paul would be so excited to be able to fly somewhere, don't you think? Uh, wouldn't he be so excited to be able to email? You know, he, he would be sending messages all over. He'd probably be creating email addresses to send the gospel to. That'd be, that'd be Paul. I mean, remember the guy that stood on Mars Hill and used one of their idols to say, I'm going to, you know, the unknown God. I, I, that's who I want to tell you about. I want to tell you about Jesus, the God that you don't know. And taking every opportunity uh, to spread the gospel, what would he do in this technological age? It would be amazing. I guarantee you he'd have a website and he'd probably, have a, he'd probably have a computer app and he would have an email address and he'd be using all this stuff for the glory of God. And I'm for that. But you know, while we have all of that, let's remember that there's nothing that will ever take the place of a personal touch. I like the fact that this Samaritan set this guy on his own beast. He made it personal. He escorted him to the end. He took care of him, the Bible says. He was a compassionate man. You know, to to have compassion is something that we have to cultivate. Now, it comes more natural to some than others, but all of us need to develop compassion in our life because that's how you make a difference, according to the book of Jude. And if some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, right? We want to rescue people from the flames of hell, and the only way to do that is to have compassion on them. Compassion and empathy are something that will be fading away the closer we get to the end times. Remember what the Bible says? Because, the, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And you have a lot of cold-hearted people in this world, people that can see uh, you know, others in calamity and walk right on by and never, never care a lick, just like this priest and just like this Levite, who came upon the man, left for dead, and just passed by on the other side. Why did they do that? Because the Old Testament law required them to be pure. And if they touched a dead body, it would declare them unclean. And there's a process that they would have to go through for several days. It would inconvenience them. Oh, my. Did it not inconvenience the Samaritan who was on a mission, on a journey, trying to get something done? Yet he stopped and took care of this man. Sure, it inconvenienced him. And we're going to see that in a moment. But he was a compassionate man. The Bible says he had compassion on him. And because of that, it says he went to him. His compassion drew him to the man who had a need. You know, I wonder, what do you do when, when someone is in the room? Maybe someone who obviously is without Christ. Are you drawn to them or, or are you repelled by them? Do you, do you go the other way? You know, that says a lot about who we are, and it's it's an internal signal that we have some work to do to develop and cultivate compassion and empathy in our life so that we can be the man who makes a difference, the woman who makes a difference in the life of someone who is without the Lord. Amen? That's the only way to make it work. I'm glad this Samaritan was a compassionate man, but not only that, in verse 34, he went a step beyond compassion because he was a caring man. Having compassion. Well, that, that would have been just, uh, you know, pouring in the oil and wine, treating his wounds. That would have been enough. That's compassion. Uh, maybe even taking him to the inn and saying, here, here you go, take care of this guy. That would have been enough. No, no one would have faulted him if he had stopped there. But he didn't stop there. The Bible says in verse 34, And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. He set him on his own beast. He brought him to an inn and took care of him. The missing word is he. He brought him to an inn and he took care of him. Why? Because he was a caring man. A caring man. You know, all you have to do to be a caring man is care. And it's, it's something, really, that we have to stop and, and make a point out of that. But we live in a day, folks, where there are people who don't. They don't care. You can tell they don't care by the way they work. You can tell they don't care by the way they drive. You can tell they don't care by the way they live. You can tell they don't care by the way they talk, by the way they, by the way they choose. You can tell. Hey, how about us? Are we people who really care? Do we care for the Lord, for the things of the Lord? Do we care about life and the values that God has given us? Do we care about the way of life that we've been taught in the Bible? We need to care. We need to be people who care. And sometimes, if we're going to be a caring person, sometimes we have to stop and look in the mirror and do a checkup and say, do I care? Do you care about your church family? Do you care about the world you live in? Do you care about the lost around you? Hey, we need to care. We live in a day where caring men are needed. It was so in his day also. Every generation needs a caring man. And certainly the Samaritan was one. He made a difference because he was a commissioned man. He was a compassionate man, a caring man. But I want you to see lastly in verse 35, he was a committed man. Notice it says on the morrow when he departed he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more when I come again I will repay thee. Wow. You talk about second mile. To me, I think he's at least on mile number three by now. Committed. He wasn't just compassionate. That would have been enough. But he was also caring, and he wasn't just caring. Well, that would have been enough. Compassionate and caring. No one would have faulted him if he had stopped right there. Oh, no. He made a difference because he was committed. Not only did he make sure this man got help, then he made sure he got to the inn and was cared for. He took care of him himself. But then he left this man in the care of the innkeeper with money to meet his needs and said, take care of him. And not only that, but if it costs any more, I will repay you when I come back through. Now, why did he do all this? Well, because it says on the morrow when he departed, why did he depart? Because going back to verse 33, a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, remember, he was on a mission. He was on a journey. He was trying to get something done. And he stopped what he was doing and helped this man. And once he helped this man, he got right back on his mission. So he was committed in his work, but he was also committed in his care. He was committed in his life, he was committed in his service. His commitment applied to everything he touched, not just the stuff he got paid for, not just his career, his life work. And you know, that's true character. Someone asked, I like John Maxwell, and and, and I read some of his uh, books. He's he's got several good books out. And somebody, his publisher asked him, hey, John, would you write a book on work ethics, ethics in the workplace? And he said, no. Now, I personally think he, he missed a big opportunity right there, right? Somebody needs to do that. But anyway, they asked him why. And he said, well, because there's no such thing as work ethic. He said, you either have ethics or you don't. Well, in a way, he's right. But a book on that would have sure help some people understand it. That your true character comes out in what you do. And it's more important for you to be committed and have character and integrity than for you just to do well at work and have work ethics. And I guess that's why he didn't want to write the book. Anybody can fake it for a while. Hey, but I'm telling you, but when it's for real, you don't have to fake it. It's not a put on. When you're for real, it comes out in everything you do and everything you touch. And this man was a committed man. And he was not only committed to his work, but he was committed to everything he took responsibility for. So when he came across this wounded one, he took responsibility for him. Because he was compassionate, because he cared, he committed himself to him and his care. And we see that because of the way he handled him, because of the way he took him to the end, because of the fact that he stepped in and during the night he took care of that man. And then when he had to leave in the morning, because remember, he was committed to a mission also, he still had a commitment to this man and got the innkeeper to step in and take over and provided the funds for him to do it. Hey, this is a powerful story because it walks us through the essence of what it means to have a heart for God and what it means to make a difference in this world in which we live. Hey, you know, one of the things that that really shines out to a lost world around us is the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we show that kind of love to others, as this Samaritan did, the good Samaritan is synonymous with with love extended. And he is known for his goodness and the good deed of coming to this man's rescue. And isn't that what Jesus is all about? Somebody said you you can attract more flies with honey right well when when we show the love of god to people man it has an effect on them and that's what the samaritan did he showed love to this man the one who was left for dead and what does the bible say that he fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed leaving him half dead so we know he was half dead because the Bible says that, but he looked like he was dead. We know that because when the priests and Levite came, they weren't sure. Just to be on the safe side, though, they passed by on the other side. Because remember, they didn't want to be unclean and have to go through the purification process. That was kind of selfish, wasn't it? They were thinking more of their inconvenience than this man's life. And, you know, we live in a world that's like that. They could see you broke down on the side of the road. Nobody's going to stop. Now, that's not true. There are some still some good Samaritans. And thank God for those who do. Right? But a lot of people don't. Think about it. The focus of the message should have us looking inward, though, not outward. Let's not curse the darkness. Let's turn on the light. Let's look in the mirror tonight and let's ask ourselves, am I compassionate? Am I caring? Am I committed? Am I on a mission? Am I serving the will of God? Am I willing to stop and help others along the way? Certainly we should be. In doing that, we'd be like this good Samaritan. We would become someone who makes a difference. And that is what the Bible says. The book of Jude. And some have compassion. Making a difference. Hey, here's our opportunity. Let's take it. Let's bow in prayer. Father, how we love you tonight. How we thank you so much for your goodness. And Lord, thank you for this great word. The story of this good Samaritan. It's, it's a story that resonates With us all. But this story ended. With some powerful words. Go and do thou likewise. The reason you told this story. Was not just for this lawyer. But for all of us. It's the reason this story is captured. In the scriptures. Because I believe you want all of your children to do likewise. And so tonight, that's our prayer. Lord, help us to be like this Samaritan. Help us to be able to make a difference with these same attributes. Help us cultivate them. Help us desire them. Help us to work in our own heart and life so that we have the kind of character and ethic and compassion that makes a difference. Help us have a heart And be willing to be personal with people. So that we can make a difference for Jesus' sake in their lives. And we'll thank you, Lord, for all you do in us and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.